the Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott, putting the buff back in film buff. Can you feel the night coming out of nowhere? Number 12, The Rise of Eagle Fang, Cobra Kai Review, Season 3. Well, it took him long enough. Seriously. I mean, I was chomping at the bit. After the awesome success of the first two seasons, I couldn't wait for this third one to come out. Yeah, and it's been done for a long time. Yeah, and I think they were waiting with the COVID and everything. To- well, it was this whole debacle with YouTube. Right, because there was they there transferred were, it over from YouTube to Netflix. Well, YouTube decided they were no longer going to make original programming, which of course you shouldn't, because you the only hit you've ever had was is Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. Exactly. So they were shopping it around for a while. For my dollar, though, this was the best new show that was on TV in the last five or six years. Boy, I love the first two seasons. Again, I had the same exact feeling, and I think we've said it every time. Uh, this show has is so much better than it has any right to be. Agreed. Agreed. It's crazy how good it is. It's the perfect combination of nostalgia and new characters that you're interested in. Right. And if you know Karate Kid, you just love every second of this. Yeah. yeah. You just do. You got a smile on your face the whole time because you're like, oh, I get that. I get that reference. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we are the Trilogy Podcast. I'm Vin. And I'm Scott. And what we're doing now, we're not doing a regular episode. We're doing one of our Trill Bits where we're breaking down Cobra Kai Season 3, which is, again, based upon a trilogy, the, the Karate Kid trilogy, which we've profiled in the past. We've done an episode for in the past. So that's n- right, Vin. Thank you, Scott. Naturally, we feel obligated to talk about the continuation of this story, what these people are doing. It did not disappoint, Scott. This may not have been as great as season two, which was awesome, but I feel like it lived up to the whole premise, the whole story. And, and I think a lot of the things that we predicted or wished for this season happened. No question about it. Yeah. So let's just go through it and we'll just kind of talk about what we saw and sure. chit chat. In episode one, okay, again, we're dealing with the entire fallout from what happened at the end of season two. Miguel falls crippled, crippled, breaks his back against the banister, the riot in the school, the karate riot in the school. And what's funny is they reference it immediately. All the things we talked about. If you guys go back and you listen to us analyze season number two, all the questions we had are sort of answered at the beginning of season three. Right. Where are the teachers? Well, they answer that. They're like, oh, yeah. the teachers aren't allowed to involve themselves in fights. I think they see a lot of what people talk about, yeah. too, and they end up using it. So, like, I think that was probably a huge criticism of that final scene. Yeah. And they were like, well, we got to explain where the hell the teachers were. <laughs> exactly. Like, Same thing with Stingray, too. How is this adult beating up children right. in this final episode where they're like well yeah he's not he's on probation or whatever yeah. what do they say they kind of blow him off he's, they said that he's not supposed to be within like 500 yards of a school or yeah, something and he's, like and he's absent he's absent in this entire season well i mean he was in richard jewel and was nominated for an oscar so i'm sure he's beyond uh cobra kai i believe point. i mentioned that you are reminiscent of the stingray character in yes. season two since then i gotta tell you scott you don't look anything like him anymore yeah. You've lost some weight. You look stealthy and thin. Yeah. You're no longer Stingray. You're more like an eel, Scott. Um, thin eel. <laughs> is, that a, is that better? Well, like, is that an upgrade? or Slightly better. It's a Kind of a lateral move? A thinner, really? It's a thinner fish. <laughs> um, and of course, Aisha is gone. That's the black girl that was involved in everything. Yeah. She was deep in the plot. She, they write her off immediately. They're yeah. like, yeah, her family took her out of here. I can't imagine why that actress wouldn't want to return to this very successful series, but Not who, sure. who knows? Maybe know? she got a lead role on something. I haven't seen anything where she's... Neither have I. All right, well, so she's gone. Maybe she quit acting. Who knows? It's possible. You're right. Who knows? Yeah. She told her fans that she wasn't asked to return for season three, as the writers couldn't figure out how to include Asia in the storyline. Johnny is just fucking wounded still. He's just a beaten man. He's back to being a drunk. But back to being a drunk, everything he tried to do that was right, the idea of showing mercy, it it just completely backfired on him. Yep. Daniel is vilified in the community. Yes. People hate him all of a sudden. He doesn't know how to deal with it. He's like, what? What? Yeah. 
I'm so what? Er, I'm, I'm so earnest and good. What are you talking I, about? I'm not the golden boy for yeah. ten seconds uh, in my life. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Miyagi, Miyagi, I Miyagi. I need Mr. Miyagi. Uh, fuck yourself, Daniel. You've always been a son of a bitch. You know, Machio, who you know is not like one of the world's greatest actors, um, but like he does, he plays it very earnest and like earnest. I believe in this and this and stuff. And everybody else gets to be the kind of side-eyed. Seriously, really. really? Like his wife, who I absolutely love. She's hot. She's talented. She's great. I feel like we've said this every yep. review we've done, but to me, she's the best part of the show. She's polished, man. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She's funny. She keeps yeah. him in scenes where, you know, he can't keep the scene afloat. She is there to, like, support him the entire well, she's time. she's his foil, Perfect. right? So every time he's overly earnest and he's like, oh, Miyagi, uh, seriousness, she's like, are you, are you fucking serious? Yeah. This is a karate problem. Yeah. Grow up. Yeah. Why am I married to you? <laughs> exactly. Why <laughs> am I married to you? Why did I get married? Of course, you've got Miguel. He's still in the coma. Yes, and we get this kind of uh, Sopranos season six Kevin Finnerty uh, plot line of him having this fight in his head. Yeah. <laughs> like where he's in a coma and he's got this whole other plot line going. The cop's like, He's been in a coma for two weeks. The coma usually wins. What? What do you know? What yeah, are you talking love, about? The coma pre- usually wins. He prefaces it with, I'm not a doctor, but... Yeah, we know you're not a doctor. <laughs> like, clearly you're not a doctor. Yeah, we're watching it. There t- are people who are in comas for 30 years who come out of it, you <laughs> idiot. We're watching a TV series. We know he's going to come out of the coma. Yeah. You're not fooling... It. Wait, oh, Miguel's going to be in the coma for right. 10 episodes? And much quicker than he had any right to get out of that really? coma. <sighs> Boy... That escalated quickly. Daniel's daughter, she's having flashbacks every time she touches the banister. Oh, this is the banister where yeah. Miguel's back hit. Yeah. She's having PTSD from the banister. This is like, you I know. I can't climb the steps anymore. This is like Iron Man after the Battle of New York. Like, <laughs> everything he does is like, oh, no, people yeah. died. And, oh, I'm getting a panic attack. Like, <laughs> come on. My diagnosis is that you've experienced a severe anxiety attack. But when I watch this with Amy, we try and predict, like, when the Cobra Kai is going to come up at the end. And I said to Amy, I was like, Miguel opens his eyes, Cobra Kai. Yep. And it's exactly what happened. Yep. I mean, you see it coming a, lot, a mile away, and it does, and you're still satisfied. Right. Episode two, you've got, um, this is the beginning of Daniel and Johnny teaming up. Yes. Because they really have to find uh, Johnny's son. The old enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. Where is he? He's He fled. He fled the high school. Right. In, a, in, in Daniel's minivan. I don't... Yeah. It's weird. Stole that minivan. Let's go to the homeless you people. You had a 93 minivan on the lot? Why? <laughs> you know? Your car, uh, like a Mercedes and like hot car dealership? Why do you have that car? You would think he would have at least stolen a Doyona. <laughs> Don't even, we'll get to Doyona in a second. So, but you show, you got that flashback in the beginning with John Kreese, his backstory, the first John Kreese backstory. Right. And it's the first bait and switch where you think, oh, this bully, this jerk is John Kreese. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. He's the one being bullied. Right. And he's tripped down back to the future style, that same floor level shot where his face comes down to the floor. Yep. Feels re- Did you notice that too? I, the, the whole scene felt very Back, back to, the to the Future, future. to me. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say the set. It was. It looked like Back to the Future. Yeah. I could see because it made sense to be like, yeah, John Kreese was Biff when he was a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So that was a bait and switch on us. We realized. Oh, wait a second. And Kreese. especially that 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 the guy playing the jerky guy is is Martin Cove's son. Yeah. Weird, right? So they intentionally wanted you to think that was him so they could give you that flip. And the more we get a lot of backstory throughout these yeah, episodes as we go for on, him. And, uh, I'm not sure it makes him look any better. No, I mean, it, it's meant to humanize him in some way, but... It doesn't. It, it, he's, you know what? Every time they do a flashback that humanizes him, he then does something in the present time that's terrible. He's the one whose mom killed herself. <sighs> Explains why he's such a freak. <laughs> Stop that. Can it, Betsy? Johnny and Daniel team up, and uh, Johnny's like an expert in tango and cash. He makes a tango and cash reference. I loved it. This is so like yeah. 80s, boy. So 80s. Yeah, this good cop, bad cop yeah, they're routine. buddy cops. Yeah. This is a buddy cop situation. Yeah. I actually wish that had lasted for more episodes, so did I. honestly. But you know that eventually, and we'll see by the end of this episode, like Daniel never realizes that Johnny is Johnny. He's never going to be as right. good as Daniel thinks human beings should be. Right. Never is just, you know, 
different skill set. Yeah, but, but I mean, he's more of a complex character. Daniel is just good. He's always been good. Miyagi taught him to be good, and he thinks everyone should just have this mindset. But life is a, a, a series of shades of gray. Yeah. It's not black and white. And right. Daniel can't wrap his mind around that idea. Just let me do all the talking, right? I'm not selling beamers to soccer moms. This is my world. Follow my lead. So there's a situation here. I think it's the uh, where they have the pot, the potted plant on top of the log, and it's a bonsai tree. A bonsai tree, of course. Um, Any uh, you know, hawk figures it out and just kicks the fucking thing over instead of trying to kick it off, like any sane human being would do. You're a genius, hawk. Yeah, but then he gets rid of half of the crew. Yeah. And like cuts out of the team and like you're like, oh, don't worry. This this is the direction we're going. Like, yeah, just just John Kreese, you know, the guy who ran this place into the ground in the 80s, even <laughs> though it was f- fueled by a, a rich coke fueled benefactor. <laughs> you had all this money and you still yeah. ran this fucking tiny little shop into the ground. But no, let's all trust him. He knows what he's doing. Uh, exactly. I came to say goodbye. Here are the dojo keys. What are you talking about? I'll pay you that back rent as soon as I can. Screw the rent. What, you think I bought that place for the rent? I bought it for you. We meet Tori again, and she's got the all of a sudden she's got a dying mother, and she's like, oh, I can't, I can't go back to Juvie. You're clearly older yeah. than 18 at this point. All of these actors have have obviously aged. Miguel in those flashbacks where he's having the karate fight in the coma is like a man. These are older people now. Yeah. Tori is old enough. She definitely voted in 2016. Yeah, thank you. Robbie's That's- changed his hair. Everything is different now. Let's yeah. not pretend these are young kids anymore. He changed his hair, and he loses his JTT status Thank immediately. You. Like, Thank you. You're like, eh, why is this guy even on the show anymore? He's not even a heartthrob anymore. Hardly a heartthrob. Yeah. That's funny. I was just about to use the word heartthrob. It's exactly right. <laughs> He's no longer a heartthrob. Hardly. JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement. You know that guy whose poster you had in your room? And then Daniel totally sets Robbie up to get arrested by the cops. Like, there's better ways you could have done this. He's like, I'm going to have a meeting with you. We're going to talk. Oh, and I called the cops. They're going to show up at the end and arrest you. He's like, you did this. to Like, there's better. You could have convinced him to turn himself in. Right. Instead, it's like, oh, uh, let's have this deep conversation. And oh, the cops are behind me. And why does that cop run in like he's going to grab him immediately? I'm like, you've obviously been there for a while, right? You're just waiting. You're waiting for this conversation to end. What? Right. And he just runs in to be like, this is taking too long. Let's take him to jail. We got things to do. Take him away, boys. Hey, I'm the chief here. Take him away, toys. What'd you say, chief? Do what the kid says. Yeah, and they have the scene with Miguel's mom who goes and talks to the doctor. Right. And they're like, uh, can I speak to you out here for a moment? And they walk, like, right in front of the window to his thing, and she's immediately crying talking to him. Miguel can totally see it. He obviously, no, I'm like, the kid's paralyzed. You couldn't walk three more feet down the fucking hall so he couldn't see through that window. (laughs) Miguel can read the lips of the doctor saying, he's paralyzed from the waist down. (laughs) He's just doing, like, big hand gestures, like, no, (laughs) legs, never. (laughs) Waving his hands around. (laughs) She starts crying immediately. It would be great as if they had a conversation and the doctor cried. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, whoa, oh, oh my God. Come on. He, he's going to die any second back <laughs> in. I can't walk. Even with the surgery, I might never be able to. Go ahead. We get to episode three, right? It's really perfect that Bobby, who we saw in episode, uh, who we saw in season two, is a minister. You know? Yes. Because remember, he was the moral compass of the, the Cobra Kai group right. back in the day. Like, he's had enough, Johnny. I'll tell you when he's had enough, man. Yeah. He's always kind of trying to do the right thing. Johnny walks into his church during a sermon, and Bobby gives him a sweep, takes him right out. It's really strange. I'd go to that church if I could expect to see something cool like that. Yeah. But you just go to church nowadays, and there's no karate. No karate whatsoever. It's, it's just... just eh, church ain't what it used to be. God, yeah. Really. Um, like you want to see Jesus come off that cross and use those abs, you know? Thank like, you. He looks he's great. He's got a swimmer's build. Yeah. I mean, come on. We are martial artists. We are kicks for Jesus. Daniel's like, he's talking about Miyagi because Miyagi always comes up in these episodes constantly. And he's like, you know, Miyagi's dying wish for me was to be a fucking car dealer. What? Yeah. What? That was his dying wish. He's like, do the thing you love. Sell cars? Yeah. Well, I I did like they kind of connected it for me where I was like, oh, I guess I never really considered that. But the the thing that Miyagi has all those old cars, right? And that he gives him that car in the first one. You're like, oh, that makes sense why he likes cars. Like I like that explanation of like, oh, because 
him being a car dealer meant nothing to me in the first right. season, right? It was just they just picked a job that he would be. That's kind of how I thought to quasi successful right. in the valley, you right. know? Sure. Um, and be like a small level of celebrity in that area. But it just seems weird that a karate guru, uh, a philosopher would be like, you should sell cars. Right. You would think he'd be like, we should take another run at that bonsai tree store. How about be an engineer? I know that didn't work out at all. How about about make cars? How about take it to the next level? I don't know. Or, you know, karate chop cars, like in that Street Fighter (laughs) level. You know what? That was always that bonus level was a bullshit level because it was easy. You just throw a bunch of sweeps. The car is gonna break. Yeah, yeah. It's not hard. Yeah, you just jam that button a million times. Yeah, no one cares about that bonus. Yeah, do that again, Scott. Exactly. It's exactly what it sounded like. And then, of course, we get the first reference here to Daniel's main car importer, and that's the 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 company. Doyona. Doyona. Amy's like, it's Toyota. I'm like, oh no, it's not Amy. Let's rewind it. We rewound it. It's like, oh no, it's Doyona. Oh, and then I think it's, I thought it was just going to be a passing thing, but it becomes no, a plot thing. It's where a critical issue. You see it, like you see the building and you're like, yeah. Doyona. Oh, I mean, how long did you work on that name? Seriously, just come up with a completely different Japanese name. It doesn't have to sound like, yeah. oh, my, the company's called Bison. Meanwhile, Ed Asner shows up five minutes before he's about to die yeah. in a completely pointless scene. He's like, you're terrible, Johnny. I'm yeah. not giving you any money. Yeah. Who asked you? You? I mean, I can't believe you're even back in, in this fucking I series. I did wonder where he was in the second season, so it was like nice to check back in. But yeah, you're right. I mean, ultimately, no point to that scene. It's the strange history of Johnny in that we always think that he's a rich guy, but his mom was poor and then his stepfather was rich. So it's a weird... Right. It's like Johnny is a poor guy l- that lived a rich lifestyle for a while. Right. But so it, it gives you a little a little bit of a color to his personality a little bit. You see right. a little more about Johnny. Just yeah. to show he was misunderstood then, too. You but know? I mean, Ed Asner can't even spit out three lines. You think he's going to drop over in the middle of every single line. There. I had to check if he was dead at the end of that scene. And I was like, did he die? No, nope, he, still, he di- he's still, still alive. alive. Well, he's got to be in his 90s, right? He's got to be very old. Yeah. Nothing against Ed Asner, but everything against Ed Asner. <laughs> And meanwhile, Johnny runs out and steals like some statue off a podium and uses that to like pay for Miguel's surgery. How much was that statue worth? Yeah. It looked like a just a piece of shit. It looked like something you could get at the IKEA. What what is that? Yeah. What was that? I I don't know. I have no idea. I looked at that too and I'm like, that seems like it could be made of plastic and be twenty five dollars. That very casual theft completely endeared him to like Miguel's mother after she yeah. hated him. So like, thank you very much, Johnny. Well, I just robbed this on the way out as an afterthought. Yeah. It's <laughs> waiting for that to come back, too. Like, of, of Ed Asner to be like, did you steal my fucking metal piece of shit thing? I had, that, I had that in the foyer. <laughs> I love that thing. Get the hell out of here. You're a cold old man. And don't you forget it, buster. You know, I've had enough about the golfing stuff where you can just play skee-ball one time and have enough tickets to buy an entire beautiful plush octopus. Yeah. That's enough to get you like a fucking set of jacks or like a playing cards. It takes a lot of tickets or tokens to get something that big. Yeah. People that, listen, I grew up on the shore. Yeah. You can't spend one day of playing skee-ball and get that good shit. No, you can't. I'm just saying. And that you know what? This does come up in a later episode because Chris is working at the- yeah. Golf and stuff, and there's a particular uh, moment um, when they steal somebody's tickets to the girl, like, ah, give us one of those bobbleheads or something. And he goes to get it, and I'm like, first of all, yeah. you didn't count the tickets. Let's start with that. You would have lost your job immediately because you didn't care. You just put them in the ticket feeder. You don't even have to count them by hand. And then second of all, he goes, yep, that pile of tickets is good enough for a bobblehead on the top shelf. It's not. You'd need like 500,000 tickets to get that shit on the top shelf. They're worth five points each. Maybe you can get one of those things you throw against the wall and it slides down like bullshit. Little little sticky hands. Yeah. There's nothing. You you can't get anything. (laughs) Little parachute men. Thank you. (laughs) A spider ring, if you will. You got to save that. For like a year, yeah. and then you could get something Maybe good. you'd be lucky enough to get one of those uh, switchblade pocket combs Thank or something. You. But uh, this episode ends with off to Japan 
Daniel's got to save the business. And we yeah. know, oh, we know what's about to happen now. We know who's coming. We know who's coming. Episode four, it's Okinawa time. Yeah. Oh, baby. And look at Tomei Village is just the mall now, which I liked because I love. It listen, made me so sad. I get what they're trying to do there. You know what I mean? Like time marches on. Yeah. It's not just a shitty village. Sato's like, look, you can't grow radishes forever. I've got to make a buck. Right. He makes the deal with Sato that he's like, I will fight you. And if I, but if I fight you, then you have to give the deed of the land to the people of the village forever. Well, the people are like, we need to open up a fucking. But it seems like the people went, fuck it. We need a Baskin Robbins. We need here. a fucking gap here. Exactly. Yeah. We need a Jersey Mike's. We're, we're proud to say that we have over a thousand stores, at all different type of climates. And uh, we look forward to doing business in, in your area. At the beginning of uh, episode four, uh, we see him in the ho- Miguel in the hospital. Yeah. And that nurse comes in and she's like, you know, uh, how are you feeling today? And he's like, my legs will never work again. You know, just being a real depresso yeah. and going all negative. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know what would cheer you up? A piece of chocolate cake. It was waiting for like, bitch, chocolate cake? My legs are never going to work again. Oh, 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 my legs don't work. I can't stand anymore, but at least I can have all the chocolate cake I want. All the like, hospital chocolate cake yeah, that you have. Right. It's not like it's going to be good. Like, <laughs> I don't want any. Thank you. Eat it! <laughs> we get back to fucking Okinawa, and of course we meet Kumiko. She's back. Yeah. I loved it. I loved all these references to the Karate Kid, too. She's having a good life. Went to a dance school, working in a... Mall now, doing a dance in the mall. Okay. Seems the whole village is the mall now. Uh, seriously, she's like, I came back so I could work in the mall. I went to multiple dance schools, came back to work at the mall, doing a dance show at noon and 3 p.m. Yeah. twice a day. For no one. Let me tell you something, though. When she reveals that last letter from Miyagi, it brought tears to my eyes. When he's talking about Daniel... Yeah, and that the and whole thing considers and, him like a son, and that's what Daniel and, yeah. was looking for in his trip to to Okinawa and to Japan. Like that's kind of what he was looking for. It was really, I thought it was really beautiful. I thought it was a yeah. great little moment. But they revealed that like Miyagi had some kind of a relationship with Daniel's family, but up until this point, we never see that. They're always kind of like dismissing Miyagi. They're like, oh, Daniel and his relationship with Mister Miyagi. Yeah, <laughs> and then Sam is like, you know. Reflecting on like, oh, I remember we went fishing with, with Mr. Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi. Wait, what? what? When? That, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because you don't ever connect Miyagi with his family. It's yeah. always Daniel's relationship. Right. Suddenly, Miyagi's talking about like, oh, your kids are like my kids, above, above, my grandkids. <laughs> well, I love too. He's like, he's like, it almost makes me feel like I'm their Tan Mi. And Daniel's like, what's Tan Mi? And like, he's waiting for like, it's grandfather, obviously, you That's fucking chucklehead. What use, do you th- use context clues, yeah. you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that was really for the audience, but damn, Daniel, that's a stupid fucking question to ask. <laughs> damn, Daniel. But we got the theme, you put good out in the world and it'll come back to you. Both Bobby, the minister, says it, and then later on, Aunt Yuki says it. So we have a parallel between Johnny and yeah. Daniel. We see that they're, they're again, we'll find this out later but they're they're more similar than they know but look at the at the end of the day robbie is just looking for a father figure and he's disappointed no matter where he turns yeah so that's why crease rolls in right right i mean and now you got option of three father figures and then to end three this, men and a robbie <laughs> three men and a robbie and of course then to end this episode you got the emergence of chosen yeah it was pretty cool it was fucking cool so we get to episode five, and you have Chosen, who in my mind looks exactly like Gilbert Gottfried. You're too kind. I'm embarrassed. I'm blushing. Chosen goes through this entire thing where he, like, abuses Daniel and acts mean towards him. And it seems like the whole point is just so that he can honk his nose at the end of the I scene. I loved that. <laughs> we knew it was coming, but it's like, you're abusing this guy so you can be like, honk. <laughs> I'm your friend now. It's Everything's cool. Yeah. I just had to get back at you. In in the wor- in the worst part of the Karate Kid Part Two, right? I mean, the Karate Kid Two was great, but that nose honk was lame as fuck. I love the nose honk. Uh, wrong honk. Oh. 
And we really don't even really know what the secret scroll even says. It's never revealed. No. At the end, Chosen's like, take the secret scroll. It's for your own dojo. We don't know what that scroll says. I was waiting for it to be like a Kung Fu Panda, and it's just going to be blank. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it was in you all along. Ah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. Another trilogy. I like uh, during uh, Chosen and Daniel's fight. Yeah. Um, Chosen definitely punches him right in the butt at one point. He does. And it was pretty funny to me. Listen. But I guess, like, oh, I guess your master never taught you the butt punch. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a secret technique. You don't know how to defend against the butt punch, do you? Honk. <laughs> and then we've got the golf and stuff rampage. Okay. Uh, I found that most of the stuff with the kids this season was fighting. Yeah, it was. Instead of, because last season there was a lot of bullshit drama. They're trying to show that like Cobra Kai like is trying to get vengeance against these guys no matter what. They're showing up everywhere to just fucking kill them. The stakes have been raised Uh, for sure. Seriously. Meanwhile, Kreese is scouting high schools looking for new Cobra Kai members. He's like a stalker. He's showing up at the basketball game, showing up at the wrestling matches. Yeah. Who is this adult that's just showing up in places? It's weird. Crease is taking his class to another level. Kids are getting murdered. They're getting punched till they're unconscious, bloody. Yeah. There's, I mean, he's taking it to a crazy level. Yeah. You know, so. To that military level. Yeah. It's, these are just children. Yeah. Take it easy. <laughs> You're off the team. You almost died. You're off the team. <laughs> if you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive. Where are the guards in this fucking prison that Robbie is in? There's constant fights. They're not around. They don't seem to care what's happening. And yet they seem to walk in at the right moment every time. Yeah. It's always like he walks in, sees the guy like he's going to beat him up, him fucking with something in his room. And then a guard walks in and is like, hey, Keen, time for you to see a visitor. And it's like. When the guard walked in, did he not see that his whole bed was stripped? Right. And all that, his pillow's missing, all his shit is gone. How about that Robbie Keane has a black eye and he's bleeding? Right. How about any any notice of anything at all? I was really waiting for a scene of him, like, paying the guards off, that kid. Yeah. To be like, thanks for letting me kick his ass. Right. You know, like in real prison. What? <laughs> exactly. What's going on here? It took so long. The skinny guard's getting to be a real pain in the ass. Yeah, we're going to have to do something about that bed. No, I, I took care of him. But when Daniel... Meets up with the girl that he saved during the hurricane. It was a nice surprise. Oh, it was wonderful. Like I mean, seconds before they revealed it, I was like, oh my God, is that the little girl? And they showed the scene. I'm like, oh, oh, oh man. Scott, it took my breath away. I, I was I was loving it. She's like, you remember me from da da da? Oh, yeah. God. And coincidentally, she's an executive for Dayona. Okay. So here's my question. He went to that meeting at Dayona with an entire table full of people. Where was she? Where was she? Exactly. If she's head of sales. Because, you know, even when he went to Japan and then on to Okinawa, I was like, he's going to find the thing that he needs to bring the business back. Right, of course. And so he did. Yeah. And it had to do with, of course, the trilogy with the second movie. <laughs> I love to, just before he goes to see Kumiko at the end. When he's saying goodbye to Chosen, he's like, oh, you know, I'm meeting up with Kumiko. You should come with us. And he's like, and I think he says something like, oh, no, I have to teach or something. Right. He's waiting for like, we're like, oh, I'd love to, but I need to get to my shift over at the Tomy Village Green Baskin Robbins. <laughs> There's 31 flavors aren't going to scoop themselves. <laughs> you know, I, I almost murdered her back in the day. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all forgiven now, but, but it's still a little bit awkward. I'll tell you what, though. This would be totally off the books, off the records. But uh, if you want to grab one of those uh, mango fruit blasts on your way out the door, I'll just pretend I didn't see it. And then, of course, we know this is coming up, that Miguel is going to get his his motion back, his feet back. Of course. Is it really going to happen at a, a D. Schneider concert? I know. I because know. D. It wasn't even Twisted Sister. I, it was serious, D. Snyder. D. Schneider. Like, D. Schneider is not cool no like he's not cool no i mean twisted sister is barely cool i mean barely cool but at least if you had all of i was like oh it's twisted sister they're like oh nope it's just d snyder and some other guys he's never been like badass yeah like no. never yeah but listen the moral of the story is d schneider will cure your paralysis yes if you're paralyzed just go to a d schneider concert the power of rock oh you're so condescending you're 
get to episode six, right? And we get the whole flashback of uh, John Kreese in Vietnam. Yes. And this whole this whole swerve they kind of give us. You think that we're dealing with him and Terry Silver. I get, the guy looks exactly like Terry Silver. It's what they wanted us to think, man. He has the ponytail. He's laughing just like him. His tone is just... Yes. The guy clearly studied the actor right. who played Terry Silver to do this part. Yeah. All right? Naturally, we find out at the end of the episode that it it isn't Terry Silver. No. But the, the Terry Silver is the third guy who's with right. them. We're, like, we're totally swerved out in the same way we're swerved out by the young John Kreese right, bully right. thing. Why they insist on doing this to us, I'm not sure. but Because I, I got to tell you, when I saw the guy who you know they make you believe is Terry Silver, I lost my shit. Me and too. was like... Fuck I don't know yes. why. As much as like Ali coming back excites you, for some reason, as, as much as when we talked about the trilogy, yeah, I hated Terry Silver. Me too. I hated the third movie. Yes, but this entire time, I'm like, it would be perfect if he uh-huh. came back. This is the only time it'd be perfect for Terry Silver to come back. Agreed. Is to be this come in as this benefactor and fuel Crease even more. And now. we see the whole backstory of how you know he referenced in the third movie. Oh, you saved my life in Vietnam. I owe my life to you. Yeah, we're seeing it here. Right. So I was excited too. Yeah, because especially at the end, they set up like he's going to get shot. And you're like, okay, so this is Terry Silver. So he must do some super heroic thing no, to save him. And no. they're like, oh, no. Oh, he's okay. Oh, All right. He's, he's Terry Silver. We, All were, right. we were played with. Yeah. We played with. You know what? It works for this series, man. It did. It, it worked. worked. You got me. It worked. You got me. I'll take it, man. I'll take yeah. it. Oh, by the way, that, that actor playing his commander in Vietnam, that's not Anthony Michael Hall. It looks like him, It though. looks just like him. For a hot second, I did think it was I him. had to look it up. The guy is an actor named Terry Serpico, who's been in a lot of TV shows, and he's famous for looking like Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, really? Yeah. That, it's not him. Wow. It looks just like him, though. It's pretty close. You're like, did Anthony Michael Hall show up in Cobra Kai? He gained some weight, though. Jesus, there, he's right? really hard. Wasn't he the nerd in The Breakfast Club? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, why does he look so old? Well, fuck you. Fuck you. When Johnny is trying to come up with the pictures he's going to put on Facebook, those are all clearly pictures of like his Team Beat magazine pictures where yeah. he has no shirt on. Yeah. Like that's what they pulled from. Right. There's yeah, no yeah. question about it. That he's young in them, so they clearly didn't photograph him now. Yeah. So obviously. that's his like Team Beat period. <laughs> you're like, oh, God. But in the story, you're like imagining, you're like, oh, it's this kid whose stepdad had money and he let him do his own photo shoot. Where like, he took his shirt off <laughs> yeah. and showed his body. Con- it's, yeah. it's creepy. Johnny would have done that, though. I mean, that makes sense. And that's what I'm going to do. Make it work. All of it. <laughs> right? That's right, man. Episode seven. What? Miguel walks. Yes. Oh, baby. Now we're in business, baby. What a shame. He was crippled for two whole weeks. Yeah. Oh, God. What the fuck? I'll never walk again. These kids, let me just say, I'll say it here even, because later we have Dimitri gets his arm fucking broken, and from one scene to the next scene, has no cast. No. What are these kids, Wolverine? They're powerful. That that they're able to fucking, like you expect, like Miyagi had to come back and do the fucking. Yeah. How could he have survived a procedure like that? His mutation. He has uncharted regenerative capability. Meanwhile, as soon as Miguel can walk, they're like, let's throw away this crutches and wheelchair. Why don't you donate that wheelchair? Okay, it's a perfectly good wheelchair. Right. Donate that to some sick people. I will guarantee you that wheelchair was probably rented. Yeah. So why are they throwing it away? You got to give it back to the hospital. Yeah. You got to give it back to the the, uh, fucking... Medical supply company that you rented it from. <laughs> I'm sure she would like, <laughs> Miguel's mother would like her deposit back. This is our best model, the Cougar 9000. It's the Rolls Royce of wheelchairs. This is like, you're almost glad to be handicapped. Daniel's trying to rehabilitate his daughter's brain. She's got PTSD and he's like, all right, I've got to just get you back to normal now fucking mentally you're having bad dreams about getting yeah. getting murdered and I, shit. I thought we were gonna see our first murder on this show and honestly I, I i feel like down the line we may see a murder on i hope show. I, I hope we do i feel like it gets to that point crease will die eventually yes next season yes he has to i hope the ghost of mr miyagi kills him honks his nose to death <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you on that Daniel at no point seems to have told his family or his daughter about the second All-Valley tournament that he won. The reason is nobody watched that movie. His family doesn't even care. Yeah. 
So when he brings it up, she's like, what are you talking about, Dad? He's like, yeah, I was in it again. Right. It was the third movie. No one gave a shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> and also, by the way, I joined I joined Cobra Kai for a hot second. Yeah. But again, Miyagi is so clearly more inspirational than her father. There's a reason she's not listening to her father while Daniel listened to Miyagi, because he was an old wizened karate master. Meanwhile, Daniel's like, listen to me. Here's what you have to do. And she's like, I don't want to hang out with you all day, Dad, on a fucking rowboat. You're an yeah. idiot. Very sneaky, though. Cast the rod. Yet another yeah. Miyagiism. And meanwhile, of... he, he his, his casting was terrible. He yes. cast the rod. It's like he never fished before. Yeah. And wrote, hers was even worse. I wrote down, like, you don't know how to cast. That's not how you, you did. Yeah. You did it completely wrong. Yeah. I'm no fisherman, but I know how to fucking cast. Well, I've always said a problem with this show is the casting. Scott, I haven't said that before. I've never. This heard is you the say first that. time I said this. Terrible. But seriously, it is a problem. <laughs> Anthony, he's here. We're going fishing. No. Uh, the only thing I want to say, and this is, I mean, for this episode also, because there's the final, as we were talking about, the final uh, uh, montage of getting Miguel to walk. Yeah. Just like all these things of him, like hanging him, dropping him, hanging him. Dropping. It's great. I'm, I'm waiting for him to like go to the doctor and like. Well, this is odd. Even though we've done surgery, it seems your spine is much worse than, than it started out. It's it's more broken, honestly, if that's possible. Has someone been dropping you on your back during this period of time? <laughs> Repeatedly. Onto your legs, perhaps? Because that could really fuck things up. The surgeon gets no credit. Instead, it's Johnny who's just kind of forcing him to do things and... <laughs> I hope, here's what I hope. He's got his legs back, right? I hope this show goes for like, I don't know, eight more seasons. And then in the final episode, they're like, we did it. I won. And then he just drops to the ground because it just catches yeah. up with him. Yeah, his and his spine just, spine just disintegrates. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just gone. It was all worth it. Yeah. So that, so that our new dojo, Eagle Fang, could win. We won the All-Valley Tournament. Jesus, Johnny. Eight e times. Eagle Fang? Come on. Eagle Fang? I mean, obviously, they wanted to sound as stupid as possible. But, but I, I, and, well, they succeeded. Great job. Because that sounds terrible. Eagles don't have fangs. You're e right. Eagle you're Talon Dojo would be, would be better. Scott, but you're 100% right. Eagles don't have fangs. Fact. Major choice. And you are going to regret it. Episode eight, Scott. Miyagi Do is back. And they've brought in the old rejects from Cobra Kai. Yeah. So all the friends are back together. But that beginning of this whole episode is pretty cool where they show the faces of each karate. Now there's three karate dojos. So it's like Johnny, Daniel, Kreese. They have the whole three-face compilation. Cobra Kai. Like, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, It's pretty cool. It's become a love triangle. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it really is with different connections from each dojo to the next. Yeah. It's almost like Johnny is occupying the middle ground. Between the lame, earnest goodness of fucking Miyagi-Do and the pure evil of Cobra Kai. He's the gray area. Yeah, he's, he's the gray area. Yeah. Exactly right, Scott. He's And he, he even says it himself. Life is a gray area. Right. He says it in um in the second episode, the second season. And meanwhile, Robbie hates both of them. Robbie's like, I hate you, Dad. I hate you, Daniel. Look, fuck you, Robbie. Seriously, fuck you. Yeah. Why are we even wasting our time with this fucking kid at this point? Done with him. He's miserable. He was mostly useless in this entire season. I agree. Yeah. I mean, just he's the least interesting character, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Cool story. Try telling it to someone who gives a shit. Then we get the whole story of like, oh, we're canceling the All-Valley. Oh, no. Not the All-Valley. The whole, the city is like in, it's distress. Like, oh, God, don't cancel the All-Valley Karate Tournament. Yeah. Hey, let me just get something straight real quick. You're canceling the karate tournament because of karate, <laughs> right? Like, wouldn't you go, well, the kids are going to be very interested in karate this year. We'll definitely get a great turnout for our karate tournament. No, instead they go, oh, the kids are into karate. Shut it all down. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, because of the riot, the, the school riot. And then, of course, the scene of them turning this over where two ch two children come forward and go i was in that bloody fight at the high school and i would like to continue doing that and they're like oh okay no, it's then fine it's back on miguel's yeah the, miguel convinces them yeah meanwhile daniel's like i can't believe they're canceling the all valley with no context 
What do you mean no context? The context is they use the karate to create a school riot, you fucking idiot. Yeah. That's the context. The yeah. context is what happened. Yeah. Everyone in the valley seems to know what happened, and they're making an informed decision. Right. Like, I'm waiting ah. for her to be like, okay, we'll give you context then. Explain it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, people the, use our skills to create a school riot. Kick the shit out of each other. Miguel was paralyzed. It was bad. You're right. All you're right. right, all right. right. You had the context. All Cance, right. all right. Thanks for the asking us for the context. <laughs> Assholes. We're canceling the karate tournament because we haven't done it in 20 years. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one gives a shit about karate. It's a kid's hobby. Right. It's not something that moves mountains. It's fucking yeah. Teen karate? What? Well, I don't understand the South's uh, obsession with football at the high school level either, but, you know, uh, that's I mean, very I, popular. You know what? That's a great point. I hadn't even thought of that. That it's it's That's definitely a good parallel because the rest of the world is this like- This is the Friday Night Lights of yeah, karate, this right. show. <laughs> because those of us in New Jersey and New York are like, why do you care so much about um, high school football on Friday nights in motherfucking Texas? Who gives a right. shit? But it's their world down there, man. Yeah. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> Episode nine. Allie. Oh, Allie. She finally arrives. Oh, God, did I love seeing Elizabeth Shue. She is. She looks great for her age, first of all. She looks yeah. really good. Johnny fucks uh, Miguel's mom. And they fucking, she rolls over and she's like, oh, well, we, this can't go on. You're my son's teacher. So? So what? Is that some kind of sacred relationship? His, his casual karate teacher? What, what are you yeah. talking about? I'm more than his teacher. I'm around yeah. all the time. It's not really a conflict of interest so much. Yeah. I mean. He's a sensei, though. But you know, you're worried because you're like, okay, he finally got with her, but an alley shows up. So how is Johnny going to react to this? Right. I'll have the uh, vegan mung doll bowl. We also got this episode, uh, the theft of the snake from the zoo. Which I don't is, get is it. A pointless endeavor. It's you know what? When they show up at the zoo, I'm like, oh, they're trespassing at the zoo. They're gonna beat up a polar bear. <laughs> I I had so many things in my head, like like, uh, all right, we're going in there. Wait, what are we gonna do? We're gonna go fuck a dolphin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why I'm stabbing a giraffe today? <laughs> why like, <laughs> is the zoo so easy to break into? They're yeah. like, let's rip a fence off. And just walk into the zoo. John Kreese will love that we stole a, a snake from the zoo. Yeah. And not only that, too, I, I was cracking, my, again, cracking myself up at the end here because they don't bring the snake stick, which obviously you can't pick up a snake unless you got that stick, uh, unless you're a maniac. Right. And Robbie just grabs that fucking snake <laughs> and comes out with it. And they're like, oh, I guess we didn't get it. He's like, oh, don't be so sure. And it was like, oh, I guess we failed. Like, who said we failed? <laughs> Swayed for like, yeah, it bit the shit out of me a bunch of times, gonna, but I got it. I'm going to die Ooh, in five minutes. I don't feel so good. <laughs> oh, boy. It's never made clear how he's able to somehow yeah. get this thing. Anybody else hot? I'm, I'm a little hot. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like my blood's coagulating. My, my arm is swollen twice its size. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> huh, how did I end up on the ground? <laughs> Where am I? So they bring the snake back to Crease. Yep. And Crease has some line like, he's like, well done. You showed leadership, resilience, and like toughness or something like that. But it's weird. Like, you showed leadership, resilience, and criminality. Yeah. That you're, you're, you're all thieves now. Did like, you yeah, hope... make sure you were wearing gloves when you did this? Yeah. And, and, oh, good, good. You know how to steal stinks? Oh, great. That'll come in handy at the karate tournament. Yeah. That's really uh, going to help our cause. Meanwhile, they leave, and he's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with these snakes? You know yeah. what I mean? I'll just stick them in Daniel's car. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, that's the best solution. <laughs> oh, 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 I hate snakes! All right, dude, stop being a little bitch, okay? Oh, shit, I think it's something! And you get, uh, they go on their date to golf and stuff, and you get, Is can there... you feel the night? Yeah, have, ha how come in the Valley no other place has opened since golf and stuff? Like, everyone's still Why going still to golf open? and stuff. How is that possible? Yeah. I guess because it has, it seems to have everything. It's got mini golf. It's like a, it's, it's a putt putt. It's, it's got mini golf. It's awesome. got an arcade. It's got all, you know, laser tag. It's she's got like, all this shit. She's like, we haven't seen each other since the All Valley. It's like, well, didn't you go to the same high school? Did, didn't you see each other? Yeah. At graduation? Yeah. In, or in the halls? Right, because that would have been... Because Halloween passes in the first movie, right. so what is this, November well, that the uh, tournament uh, happened obviously. in? Obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, come on. So they had to have seen each other. 
Meanwhile, they're providing some really deep int- like information about the first Karate Kid. She's like, didn't you break my radio? And Johnny's like, well... I just threw it down. Dutch ran it over with his bike. Like, yeah. that's some really, you need to know about the first Karate Kid to remember that right. scene right in the beginning, yeah. exactly what happened. It's awesome. It's great because Allie is kind of providing her side of the story from what we saw during, you know, that first movie. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But at this point in episode nine, how are Johnny and Allie reuniting and not mentioning Daniel at all? Like, they're not mentioning him at all. They're like, oh, do you remember this when this happened between the two of us? Remember this? Yeah. Well, Daniel's kind of a big part of your relationship. Right. Like, they're, we're kind of like, I hope they somehow. Hey, you remember that Italian kid? That ruined everything? <laughs> ruined what? my whole life? You know. Still doing it. He's still ruining my life. Oh, should we talk about what a bad boyfriend you were? And we get to, whoo, episode 10. They're meeting at the club. The whole Karate Kid cast has reunited. And it's similar to the end of season two, where Johnny and Daniel meet in the in the in the Mexican restaurant, and they're kind of talking over old times. Yeah. And ultimately, no matter what, you want Johnny and Daniel to be on the same page. Yes. You you realize that, like at the end of the day, these guys and and fucking Allie says it. She's like, "You guys are more alike than you realize that you are." Right. It's Allie that provides the catalyst to get us to where we want to be. Right. You know, bringing them together. Right. Yeah. It's Allie. And that's a well, brilliant use of Allie. She's not just a cameo. She provides some wisdom that kind of drives the story, right? right? And on the note, I think they, they used Allie the right amount. I agree. And I don't think she should come back. I agree. I think that's it. She for did her. what she had to do. Yeah. She made the point. She drove the plot along. They've done a great job. Yeah. They really have. Meanwhile, Cobra Kai has gotten to the point where they're fucking straight up invading homes at this point. Yeah. They go into Daniel's house and they're like, we're going to fucking kill you. They, th- that scene starts with fucking Bert, the uh, the nerdy white kid, hearing a cat meow yeah. and going, oh, let me go check out what that cat is. And then gets thrown in through the window. Uh, it's it's horrifying. It's like Halloween. It's like, <laughs> it's fucking yeah. crazy. I do this hilarious too because they're like, what happened to Bert? I was waiting to be like, <laughs> that cat threw me through the window. <laughs> he was jacked. Um, but you know what? It is delightful to see that Hawk finally gets his shit together. He sees his old pal Dimitri about to be murdered. Yeah. And he's, he, fuck, because you know what? Throughout this entire season, like, he's got this look in his eye, like, should I really be doing this? Right. And he finally is like, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And he comes to his aid. I don't know. It felt very forced. To me, like suddenly, really? suddenly you've just kicked eight other dudes asses and suddenly in the middle of this fight. You know what? But I know what it's like to have. You a watched be- him get his arm broken the last time. You know what, what changed? Scott, I'm with you. I get what you're coming, where you're coming from, because he had a lot of other opportunities to step in. Right. But it's almost like you finally like you see your best friend from the past getting that abuse and like you can't. It builds to a point where you can't take it anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of got it. See, I would almost see if, like, in my head, the scene would have played better if Crease were there and Crease were like, do it, do, do it, it, you know, okay. like, you know what I mean? And him being I like, can't. no, like, yeah. I'm not, you know what I mean? Uh, but at this point, Robbie is totally, now he's brainwashed. Yeah. Because the only father figure he can find is fucking Crease of all people. Yeah. And he's like, well, at least this guy will nurture my most basic instincts of just fucking kicking ass, Yeah, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, and I think it's, I mean, to a level, I think it's also because it would really piss off his dad and LaRusso. Yeah. You know, like, I'm going to go with this other guy. You guys both fucked up. You had your chances, and you blew it for me. You're right. It's almost you a betrayed ju- me. It's almost a juvenile point of view. Yeah. It's almost like, oh, I'm going to get you both back. But so is every, everything in Cobra Kai is a juvenile point of view. Yeah. Of like, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. No mercy. Hurt like, them first, so they can't hurt you. I'm just a scared little boy well, it's inside. because Chris doesn't comprehend that, like, you know, when you're out of war, the world is... Different? He's been home for a long <laughs> time now. Tell us a little bit about the war, man. War in Vietnam? War in Vietnam! Fucking I do want to say, I, I did like Tori going through that fight scene at the end, like she was fucking Darth Vader in Rogue One, like walking through, just, kicks one guy and he goes flying, kicks another, like, like almost no look chops a guy and like. Yeah. Going there, very badass. Like they always, she's seem, pretty badass. They seem to do all of the people have been taught this strange push kick where it's not really a front kick where they push their their leg like outward and push the kick away. It's called a stomp kick. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And it, it's very it's effective. And it's I, just it's just to clear the fight. It's to move it, somebody back. It, it really seems goofy. 
a lot of the time. Because yeah. a straight front kick is like you're doing damage. You're not. You're hurting someone. Yeah. These guys are fucking throwing, kicking people against walls with that stomp kick. Yeah. You know? Stomp kick's serious. And it's they like do kicking it all a door the time. down. Like, How do you know so much about the stomp kick? Uh, I take Krav Maga. Oh, look at you. And then, of course, at the end of the entire series, Kreese can only turn to one person. And that's... <sighs> Terry Silver. Terry Silver. His old we friend. We assume... We assume it's Terry Silver. We could be swerved again. But, I mean, the, oh. it's been a long time, old oh, friend. Oh, like, God, I can't wait to see seems what, like, what Terry Silver brings to the table in season four. You know, I hope he's sitting in a hot tub and, you know. Talking to children. Talking to kids. That's what he does. That's what he does. He's As a creep. We, we illustrated it when we did this trilogy. What a creep. Scott, I got to tell you, Cobra Kai season three for me was awesome once again. Not quite as great as season two but really super enjoyable. One of the best shows on TV. I thought, yeah, I, I no, I definitely enjoyed it, but I was a little disappointed we didn't get to the tournament at the end because I'm like, we had a lot of talk about whether the tournament was going to happen and there's a lot of buildup yeah. and it ended up being like, we had like three or four big fights in the season yeah, and it was kind of like, all right, well, we just ended with the enormous high school fight last season. They're building up for that episode, that that season. Don't four. get me wrong; all the fights look good, and I really got to give it to them because a lot of them, it's the actual actors, yeah, they doing the good. fights. They and look it, good, especially the the craziness of all these like five or six fights happening at the same time. It's well choreographed. It's very well done. I will say that if this show were an hour long, it would be terrible. I agree. The fact that it's a half hour show, and you wait for that Cobra Kai to end that yeah. poignant moment, it's solid, man. Yeah. But if so, you had to yeah. watch an hour of children it's debating of agreed. what's good and what's evil, I'd kill myself. No, but, it's, you know. it's, it's a great combination of the comedy and the drama. You believe both sides of it. You really do. Yeah, it's so. just, just right. Yep. All right, so this has been our analysis of Cobra Kai. I am Vin. And I'm Scott. You guys have to go out and And that's watch. Vin. <laughs> All right, thanks, Scott. <laughs> I told Scott to mention my name a little more often <laughs> in our episodes. Did I do I, good, Vin? I'm constantly saying his name. Yeah, you did. Asshole. I do, Vinny. Uh, don't, please don't call me Vinny. Vincent? Uh, enough already. Vincenzo? Scott, thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Have a good night. Kia! Yes, Vincent, we will. Vinny Vincenzo. Uh, how about penis breath? Is that better? That's mean. <laughs>